Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, George and Benta. Welcome, gratitude seekers, to our wonderful interview with Dragos Roa. He describes himself as a serial online entrepreneur, personal development fanatic, blogger, other, dreamer, and risk taker. He also thinks that happiness is a process, not a goal. I'll let him tell you more about himself. Dragos? Hi, Georgian. Hi, everybody listening. Uh, I'm happy you invited me and I'm glad I can talk to your audience right now. I think the presentation quite fits me. It's uh, my standard presentation from various outlets I use in social media and on my blog. But there are also things that are quite new, uh, like running, uh, ultra running. Uh, For me, uh, during the last four years, running impacted my life quite deeply in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a bit uh, about this, how, how it has impacted your life? I know that you, uh, I'm following you on, on Facebook and I've seen that you're going on many runs. And uh, actually on one of your articles, I, I saw that uh, you made the connection between running and gratitude. Yes. Uh, so basically I started like uh, everybody else by trying to lose weight four years mm-hmm. ago. And uh, I'm going to keep the story short. One thing led to another. And in like um, one year after I started to run, one year after my, my first marathon, I found myself running my first ultra marathon, wow. uh, which was a 60-kilometer race. And then the next year, I, uh, I finished a race of 222 kilometers uh, around Lake Balaton uh, in oh Hungary. And it was uh, a very... Uh, uh, profound experience because uh, when you go that far beyond your limits you are forced to face everything you thought you know about yourself and uh, obviously you will find spots and places that are not very comfortable and you have to deal with it Uh, and you have to deal with it in the moment because when you're running you're already running you cannot run from it that's why (laughs) running is a very it's a very therapeutical process for me and it's, a, it, it's kind of a sort of a, a meditation in, in, in movement. It, it's a wow. form of meditation. It is approached as meditation practice uh, where I um, go about taming my mind, uh, silent, not silencing, but slowing my mind, paying attention to things and also to the way I react to the things around me and uh, trying to identify patterns understand from where they come and uh, uh, discern which patterns are constructive and which patterns are destructive. So uh, running really helps uh, with that and especially ultra running. And there's a difference that your uh, um, audience must know about it because uh, I consider everything in the running world, everything until marathon as being a speed race. When you, uh, I'm not a big fan of marathons or half marathons because when you compete, you have to be, always you know like uh, competing with each other trying to get over each other when whereas in ultra marathon uh, the entire approach is different 
people are in ultra marathons, they don't compete with each other because you are considered winner when you cross the finish line, not the first guys that the first guy that that finishes. And uh, ultra marathons are traditionally very caring about each other because when you run, let's say, one hundred kilometers, there, there are not many people. There are not many. Uh, not so <laughs> running there. The, <laughs> yeah. Those are like in the probably tens or twenty uh, tens of people, not even hundreds. So uh, uh, when you're stranded away and you're alone, uh, the sight and the presence of another human being is or should be a blessing. So uh, uh, coming back to gratitude, those are encounters that are fueling the feeling of gratitude when you know. Uh, when you are in a race like in in the spring, I'm going to tell you a little story about in the spring, I, I attended to a race of uh, 48 hours in uh, in Athens. Oh. It's a race where you, you run in circle in a one kilometer lap for 48 hours, you know, something like that. And, and it's very good for the mind. It's very good because it's not point to point. It's there and you have to be there. And like I told you uh, before, it forces you to deal with yourself. So, uh, during this race, uh, there was um, a very at this race uh, participated one of the best runners in the world at the moment. Uh, his name is Dan Lawson, and uh, Dan injured himself after 20 hours of running. Uh, after leading comfortably, uh, in 20 hours he ran 197 kilometers. Just so you understand, and he had some muscle problems and he had to stop, but he still had like, uh, you know, 28 hours to go, but he didn't left track. You know, he, he stayed there, he stayed there with us and he continued for the rest of the race to cheer everybody else. He stayed oh there. And left. Yeah. And he actually <laughs> cheered everybody else. And it was absolutely amazing. Well, when you face, when you experience this type of, uh, attitudes, you cannot be anything else that, than grateful, you know, Wow. That's what I mean by uh, ultra running gives a lot of opportunity for gratitude to raise, you know. Wow, this is amazing. I, I really didn't know uh, these things. And I, I really feel like uh, the ultra marathon is, uh, is like life is actually because it's, uh, it's not about who gets there first <laughs> to the end somehow. It's about caring for each other and uh, finishing in a beautiful way and and going over your limits basically, yeah. because uh, everything that you thought you couldn't do you you realize you can do wow and there is a runner that is very uh the most you know the, the most famous runner of all times his name is yanis kuros he's a great guy he mm-hmm. he runs so fast uh he he won uh, an ultra marathon between sydney and melbourne uh, two years in a row by more than 24 hours after the next guy. So basically oh he was, <laughs> yeah, he was incredibly fast. And so in the third year, they gave him uh, a 12 hours handicap. They say, everybody starts now. Kuro starts after 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and even that, even like that, he was able to, to go over everybody else and win. And Kuro says that he's still, he's still alive. Uh, Incidentally, he's uh, he's a poet. He he runs he writes poetry, and he has uh, studies in a college degree in uh, music. And this guy says you cannot win a marath- an ultra marathon with your body because it's not designed. You win it with your mind. So you wow. have to go over that 
dichotomy between, between your body and your mind. At, at some point, he describes experiences of being out of body and uh, directing his body from up above like an avatar, you know, like in a game, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. out of body experiences. So uh, in, in an ultra marathon, you are forced to, you know, to dwell on, on everything that you, you thought you couldn't do. Wow. This is really awesome thing because uh, I, I didn't have the, this experience and it's, it's really interesting how uh, it can shift your perception. And yeah, I, I didn't think about it as a, uh, a way of meditating. It's really interesting. So uh, what I wanted to ask you is if you have a favorite quote and gratitude and uh, why do, do you choose this one? Uh, I don't think I have a quote, but I have like something that like a process that I identified, like a thing that I observed many, many times. And that thing is that gratitude acts more like water you, you spread over the flowers. So those flowers who are giving who are given water are the flowers who are resisting. So those parts of reality who are given gratitude, they usually get more stronger and uh, they get more stamina and they are there for longer periods of time. So whatever you're grateful for tends to get more life and uh, to, to endure more, to sustain more. So that's when I think of gratitude, I think of gratitude like, you know, a subset of focus. You know, if reality is defined by your focus, where you look at, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. Gratitude is a structure that, you know, if I'm grateful for something, then I want to give to that something all the you know all the good stuff that's coming from me you know and i want to to continue to be there for for more time you know uh if i'm grateful it means that i want that thing to go on and on and on because that's what gratefulness means to be ongoing with that thing wow really really interesting perspective i really didn't think about it this way until now it was from somebody some Mm -hmm. uh, from outside Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, what I also wanted to um, to talk with you about, um, and to ask you if you have a meaningful experience that uh, made you a more grateful person. Like, were you uh, a naturally grateful person, or did you have a, a certain experience that uh, made you into a more grateful person? Uh, I think this this grew, uh, you know, gradually in my lifetime it it's not one thing that made me uh, be more grateful but uh, you know a certain uh, network of things that happened and uh, one of the things that happened quite recently during the last few years is that i got in contact with um, a new perspective on the world one that explains reality in a way that it, i can understand it and that it actually makes sense it's basically based in Buddhism, not in, but not in, in the religious part of Buddhism, but in a scientific parts of Buddhism, because Buddhism mm-hmm. is not a religion. There are no gods there. You don't, you don't worship anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, it tells that everything uh, you ever have, it's in yourself, and your life, therefore, can be changed by yourself. Um, so discovering these Buddhist principles, uh, applying them, for uh, in various practices for extended period of time made me realize that gratitude is uh, a fundamental ingredient in the mix that can help us reach our full potential along with uh, you know attention like focused meditation 
or compassion or the need for everybody to be happy. <laughs> How beautiful. Yeah, um, I also agree that with this. And uh, I think that uh, the beautiful thing about gratitude is that it's not uh, just from one religion or from one way of seeing things. It's like love. It's universal. It's something that you just feel and it doesn't have to be um, uh, pinned down to one religion or another. Yeah, that's actually very true. It's very true. It's universal. Yeah, exactly. Because I found that in my research on, on gratitude, I found it in different uh, different faiths. And uh, that was really powerful and um, beautiful to see. Um, what I also wanted to talk with you about is um, if you used gratitude to, go, to get to where you are right now, if... Uh, Gratitude has helped you, helped you get to where you are right now in business or in life? Oh, yes. Like I told you, I had many encounters. At one point, I remember I did a, an exercise like uh, six or seven years ago. It was uh, something like, uh, it was even called a gratitude experience. I, note, I jotted down at the end of each day things that I was uh, grateful for. Uh, it's a very simple form of you know, experiencing gratitude or, uh, in other words, mm, determining your mind to stay focused on gratitude uh, by using uh, discipline and the power of habits. Because if you do it, if you do it um, many times, it will become a habit. So uh, after that, um, I, I, don't, I didn't see any immediate results because there is always a sort of inertia in what yeah. we're doing. Um, and we tend to... to to create a very quick and irrational correlation between what happened to us and how we feel right now. If we feel right now good, we tend to associate it with whatever we do in that moment, but we're not like that. Whatever we experience right now is the, is the effect of the causes that are in the past. Okay, yeah. so basically it's not that we're feeling good and we are doing good. Most of the time there is this conflict. We are doing something that will not you know, will not generate positive consequences in the future, but we feel good in the moment, like when we eat something very tasteful and we overeat, you know, uh, and yeah. we eat so much and we say, oh my God, it's so good, it's so good. but the, the effect of this is that in the future we're going to feel uh, overweight, we're going to gain weight and stuff like that. So um, uh, after a while, after, after doing this exercise, I started to feel patterns, not so much in what the world sent to me, but uh, as, I, as I started to see the world, because the, the shifting of the focus toward things that I was grateful for took out energy from the things that I was conflicting with, that I was angry with, or things that were, you know, I was um, regretting stuff or stuff like that. And the more I was grateful for the tiny little things that I had in my life, the more those things faded away. So, you know, in a sense, gratitude was like a driver trying to, uh, um, free me from the burden of uh, you know experiencing uh, tension and uh, a lot of you know stress in my life. Put mm -hmm. it, it very simple. So, but it's important to note down that just because you're grateful today, it doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to be all shiny and stuff. It's it's something that has to be part of yourself to to become a lifestyle, to become a conscious choice every time, even in moments when you feel you have no reason to be grateful for. 
or especially yeah. during yeah, those especially, reasons, yeah. you feel you that have no reason. That's the most. That's the most important point where you say, okay, it's it's a shitty situation right now, but at least I can be grateful for that and that and that and like that gratitude. It's it's become all pervasive. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, what I'm also very curious about is uh, if you could go back in time, like 10 years or 20 years uh, back in time, uh, what would you tell your younger self about gratitude? Well, I, um, I don't think I'm, I'm going to say something, but uh, there is something that I do. It's called the... Uh, or one five ten exercise. If I could go back in time and uh, talk to myself, I'm not sure I, I'm going to do this. I would I wouldn't sign up for that because <laughs> uh, what, I, what I am right now is the, the complete results of everything I did in the past. So I cannot yeah, change. I that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but what I do often and uh, I, I highly recommend it is an exercise called one five ten. It's an exercise in which you say you sit in an isolated place, like in a room, and you put aside at least half an hour and you start a process of visualizing yourself how you were one year ago, then five years ago, then 10 years ago. And you try to find similar patterns, you know, in each uh, time frame. So for instance, if you think in terms of financial status, uh, one year, five years, and 10 years, you think one year ago, I had a lot of money, five years, not so much, 10 years at all, and stuff like that. And you also think about relationships, and you also think about health, and you try to picture a way, um, a path, you know, uh, a growing, and you try to see patterns, how you were during the, uh, at, that, at those specific periods in time. And then the second part of the exercise is trying to project the same pattern into the future like one five ten into the future mm-hmm. and that's equally interesting because um once you once you do this with a lot of um, involvement and you are honest with yourself and you really really um do your best to to identify the moments you realize how dynamic life is and how difficult it is for you to predict something really interesting a lot of us have this preconceived uh, level of life like when i'm 30 i'm going to get married when i'm 40 i'm going to travel around the world when i'm 50 i'm going to retire when i'm 60 i'm going to take care of my grandchildren and stuff like that well it doesn't happen like that you know it doesn't yeah. happen like that and uh putting yourself in the middle of those situations allows you to uh have a better understanding of your own personal path of your own personal choices and of your own personal life how this unfolds based on your own decisions not on the patterns that you get from society or i don't know from a conventional wisdom so to speak mm-hmm. um but in this exercise uh if i would try to identify the gratitude like i try to identify like i told the uh, finance relationships yeah, health yeah yes if i try to identify gratitude i would say that uh, it evolved tremendously i mean like 10 years ago uh maybe i was doing it instinctively instinctively but uh only based on you know common sense okay yeah. let's be grateful every once in a while okay like uh, when the world's like uh, for easter and for <laughs> i don't know new year so let's be grateful that we have another year and then five years ago i started to recognize after i did those exercises 
places, like I told you, the gratitude, the challenge, I started to realize to um, discern the importance of gratitude, to isolate it and to try to work directly with itself. And one year ago, if I look at it, it was like already part of my, of my lifestyle. Like I, like I told you, I did a lot of practices and I still have, I still consider myself to be, to follow a Buddhist moral and ethic code. And my practice right now is the way I'm living my life. But to, until you get to that level, you do uh, try so many. For instance, I, I did a thing like for one year in a row, I noted down every two hours one of the things that I committed myself to. In Buddhism, there are those 10 vows, you know, don't kill, don't steal, uh, don't be sexually promiscuous, tell the truth, stuff like that. There are 10 vows like this. And every two hours, I put a, an alert on, on my phone. Mm-hmm. And every two hours, I was, I was cycling through them, six every day, and then uh, the next day uh, again. And during an entire year, this practice really, really opens your eyes and you start to understand. First of all, it's frightening because you realize how many shit you bring into your life <laughs> if you're not aware. <laughs> yeah, that's frightening. Yeah, yeah. And the first part is like, oh my God, I have to be. And of course, a lot of practices in this code of 10 vows have close connections with gratitude, like uh, don't uh, hurt anyone, don't gossip, don't talk bad. Uh, be compassionate, try to help as much as you can, okay? So uh, when you do this, you realize, oh my God, I'm doing so much stupid shit with my life, so I have to be really, really careful. But after a while, after a few months, when you get into the flow, you realize that this is an easier way to live your life than the other one, you know? And the, the more you incorporate it into your life, the more you internalize it, the better you feel and the easier it gets to follow this lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I totally get it. And uh, what I also wanted to talk to you about is uh, you have an article. I was thinking about this. Um, it's not that easy for men to be grateful, to show gratefulness. And you have a uh, you have an article on this, and I found it really really interesting. Uh, do you want to say a few things about it? If you have something yes, for, yeah. for men uh, to, to be more, more grateful. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of uh, Western, you know, um, cliche, uh, man, a man is defined by his strength and aggressiveness. And while this may have been true uh, during the war age, I mean, during the uh, dark age, during the, uh, even the 20th centuries where... The 20th century was basically filled with wars. Uh, I think that this way of understanding what a man does uh, was appropriate. But we're past that way. Uh, gratitude is not something that is gender dependent. Gratitude is universal. If you're grateful for something, it doesn't mean you're weak. If you're grateful for something, it doesn't mean you show up your feminine side, which, by the way, there, there's nothing wrong with having the feminine side as a man. It's completely... Uh, okay to show that you're sensitive and uh, inside point women's dig this big time so <laughs> if you want to <laughs> okay <laughs> women really dig uh, sensitivity in a guy if you or one of your listeners uh, are in the dating periods of their life do make use of sensitivity intensely mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that, that's always a winner 
But um, uh, grateful is something that is universal. It means that you care for other forms of life and that you care for other people and that you eventually wish for everybody to be happy. And mm-hmm. that's not gender dependent. So I think this is a cliche and it's expressed especially during in the Western civilization based on the historic context that I described earlier. Um, but uh, I think it, it starts to gradually vanish away and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was thinking about uh, the tips that you gave for men, like to express gratitude more freely because it's okay. It's even if it's like you said, uh, it may be seen as a more uh, feminine side of things. Um, it's something that's great. It's it's a good habit to have to be grateful and to actually show gratitude. Um, and it was interesting for me when when I when I read the article that um, I some sometimes had this uh, this thing with uh, wanted to to express my gratitude but didn't want to seem too like uh, too weird or something like that because it's not something that all people do you know and it's uh, not not some sometimes people for instance they they see it as uh, um, Wanting, wanting something else from them, like not just okay. I'm really grateful for this. Mm-hmm. What do you want from me? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, the article is called Seven Ways to Express Gratitude as a Man," and it's uh, it was written quite recently at the beginning of this year, 2016. Mm-hmm. I will post a link uh, in in yeah. the article with the um, interview. Yeah. And- it basically something about not being, you know, all mushy and crying and something, but you can do things like offer protection or offer a service unexpectedly to someone or donate your money or your time or, uh, I don't know, volunteer or simply smiling. That's, that's enough many times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I will, I will um, post the link in, in the article and, uh, um, anyone who wants to see the article to read it all, and they can find it there. So um, is there anything that you're doing in your life right now uh, that helps you uh, be grateful consistently? Do you have a practice or an activity that you do consistently? Uh, yes. Like I told you, is meditation mm-hmm. in various forms. It's moving meditation, like my running uh, but it's also plain and simple meditation, like when you try to silence your mind or you try to gain uh, a very focused and perceptive mind. Uh, and the terms, I think the, the technical terms are shamatha and vipassana. Uh, shamatha is the type of meditation where you have to have a very still and settled mind. No thoughts are running like, you know, like a mayhem in your head, which yeah. happens in, in the modern world. And vipassana is a way of being very perceptive, being acutely aware of something, perceiving every detail of everything that you see, gaining insight. And those types of meditations, uh, of exercises that I'm doing uh, as often as I can, running basically makes me meditate pretty much every day or, or on a daily basis. So uh, like I'm, the answer is, Yes, I'm doing something that uh, helps me become a more grateful person and this is the, uh, the practice of meditation. And I highly recommend it because it's, um, it's a focal point. Your mind is the point where your world originates. 
your mind creates or reconstructs the, what we call reality in such a way uh, that we can actually manage our way through the life. So if you, if you really look at it, uh, that's the focal point. You, you shouldn't focus so much on, I don't know, improving your surroundings. First try to, to improve your mind and then you will see more clear what you have to do. Wonderful, wonderful. And while you're running, and this is really, really interesting for me. So while you're running, do you do something in particular or do you just clear your mind or how, how does this uh, active meditation work actually? Uh, med- First of all, meditation doesn't mean you empty your mind because there is not, sh- not such a thing as an empty mind. You cannot mm-hmm. silence your mind. Uh, but you become an observer. You don't get involved so much with whatever you think. When you think, you realize that that thought is not reality. You start to observe it. It's just a thought. And uh, uh, you start to um, monitor them, to identify them as they rise and fade away, as they rise and fade away. And this process in times creates a special type of awareness. And one of the first symptoms is that you become uh, gradually more calm become calmer and uh, more settled and uh, you're not so um, you know itchy as we tend to be you you become less reactive you know things are happening i i surprise myself many times uh, when i run in the park when um, i saw dogs barking very and you know the first reflex is to just go away and start running or what, what's happening what's happening here and i say okay there's a dog barking oh nice <laughs> okay and that's it <laughs> So um, that's one of the things that I do. So the process of meditation is, uh, although it's something uh, that is uh, not very esoteric, it's something that is really um, complex to say. Some, uh, the end result of meditation is something very simple, but the process in itself, it's quite complex. You have to first to pay attention to, you, to your thoughts and not to identify with the thoughts. And then you start to understand what actually triggers those thoughts. And uh, when you realize what triggers those thoughts, you, you realize you have some tensions for something like, you know, when a, when a person is a smoker, you know, for instance, yeah. even if that person doesn't smoke in the moment, that, that, that thought, that person has the tendency to smoke. Even us, we don't have the tendency to be, we, don't, we are not depressed all the time, but we do have the tendency and meditation helps you discover these tendencies that we have. And if you have the tendency to, to be depressed, you realize that and you say, okay, I have a tendency. And just like a smoker, you, you start to work with that thing and say, okay, I accept that I'm, I have the tendency to be depressed and I have to work with this. So every time I, I monitor a thought arising, I will say, okay, this is depressive thoughts. Let's look at it. Don't believe it. It might reflect a very gloomy situation, like I don't have a lot of money. But that doesn't mean this is set in stone. That doesn't mean it cannot change because the person that says the person says you you're doomed, you're gonna die, everything the world will collapse, so and you are so unhappy. No, it's okay. Just look at it, work with it, and let it flow. Wow, wonderful, wonderful, really uh, beautiful way of seeing uh, meditation, and uh, it has really shifted some things uh, in me also. I'm happy. Um, I'm happy about it. Yeah. So, um, where can people find you? Where can people see your work? Uh, they can find me online. Uh, I have a blog in English, dragosroa.com. It's my name and uh, .com. 
and in that blog specifically, I have a couple of blog posts that are very interesting. They are called 100 Ways to Live a Better Life and 100 Ways to Screw Up Your Life. And those <laughs> posts uh, turned to be quite viral when I wrote them five years ago. They're still getting like hundreds of visits every day, uh, nice. like seven years after they've been written. And uh, based on those blog posts, I uh, wrote two books that got translated into other languages. And based on them, I created a product, which is a course, an online course. Uh, basically, it's 100 days challenge with one video each day. So that oh. challenge, you can go to my blog post and on the top post page, find uh, 100 ways to live a better life and 100 ways to screw up your life blog post. And from there, you'll see everything. There are a few videos guiding to how to get into that challenge. And if you if that challenge is a good fit for you. Awesome. Awesome. So if you like challenges, <laughs> Dragos has, has a great challenge uh, for you. And if you're also perseverant, because he was perseverant enough to make 100 videos for you. So <laughs> that's <sighs> interesting. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm sure it wasn't easy to, to do 100 videos, but <laughs> you persevered uh, enough. It was a challenge for you also. It wasn't easy to write 100 things in the first place. So that, that was the, the most difficult part. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> so um, thank you very much, um, Dragos, for, for your time and for all the, the amazing tips and for the life experience that you um, shared with us. And um, thank, just thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you for having me. And I'm wishing to all your listeners a very good day. And, you know, just be grateful. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. Help us reach our goal of inspiring 100,000 people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones, with your Facebook friends. And if you loved this episode, please write a review on iTunes. Search for the Gratitude Podcast. By the way, what are you grateful for right now? Find three reasons and write them in our Facebook group.